This is your life. Are you who you're meant to be? That is a loaded statement and a loaded question. Some of which I'm going to try to attempt to explain, to go over through Scripture this morning. If this is your first time with us, or your thousandth time with, with us, welcome to Connection. My name is Matt Griswold. I'm the lead pastor. Uh, Jack Bain and the band. Jack Bain and the band just led us in, in worship. And I want, to, I want to reiterate this again. And... Uh, and I'm not, I'm, not just, I'm not just saying that. If you ask or talk to any of these band members, why don't you ask them how loud you sing how he loves us? Just ask him. Just ask him. <laughs> the drummer is over here saying, I heard him. <laughs> okay, we don't hear anything over Lee, so that's okay. Okay, you're singing loud. Now listen, I want to wish you a happy new year. Merry Christmas if you weren't here. Merry Christmas, happy new year. This is... This is a brand new start. Now, many of us have our New Year's resolutions, don't we? Ah, let's see if I can touch some. We'll start with the, with the obvious. Work out, drink more water, and lose weight. I covered maybe all of us. Eat better. I want to be friendlier. I want to give more. I want to read my Bible more. See, we, we move into this move into the spiritual side of, of a New Year's resolution, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But the new, the new sermon series that's starting today, this is the first of five. Okay, this is the first of five, and if you were here before the, worships, the, or the, before the band started playing, I highly recommend that you do this. We're going to play this song several times throughout the next five weeks. It's a song by the, by the band called Luminate, and it's called, it says, Here's to New Beginnings. Here's to Breaking Free. The words of that song are absolutely incredible. So what if we back up and we say, well, here's to new beginnings. Many of us, were, we, uh, we, we kissed our girlfriend or our spouse when it turned New Year's uh, on midnight. And we said, here's, here's to another year. I looked, at, I looked at my wife and I said, I hope 2015 is the same as 2014 because it was just awesome. But we, we seek these, these new starts, these fresh starts, these do-overs. You all know what a do-over is, right? See, I teach PE, so do-overs happen regularly. Now watch, I'll show you what a do-over is. You teach any 7th or 8th grade kid and you, and you play kickball, okay? Especially one of the competitive guys. Now watch, listen. And if I'm the all-time pitcher, which I have to be, and I roll the ball, and it's flat on the ground, they'll go, oh no, redo. What do they want it? They want it slow and bouncy. Why? Because when the ball bounces, they can kick it a longer way, okay? And we, we, want, that, we want those do-overs often. And we, we, we want God to say, God, we just want you to come down and we just want, you know, if, if our lives are chalkboard, just clean us up, set us straight, and just, just guide us in the right direction. And after, as soon as we do that, you say, okay, God, I got this. See, we, we're not good at sticking with things. Well, that's very judgmental of you, Matt. Okay, here's the deal. I'm going to jump in the same boat as you and say that at one time or another, I've had a New Year's resolution that didn't pan out. Okay, thank you for the laughter. Some of us are awake and enjoyed the coffee outside. Now listen. We are going to get into the, the book of John this morning, but we're going to talk about new beginnings and how to break free. Maybe, maybe you've been coming to Connection for a little while and say, What's it? I want a fresh start with this church, but I don't know how to connect with them. I'm going to give you some ideas. February 8th, we're going to have a first step. First step is how you join Connection. It's a class that I teach, a couple hours in length. We go over what Connection believes, what we do, why we do it, and at the end... You can come completely just to learn about connection. There's no obligation to join, okay? Literally, no strings attached, okay? We're going to be doing the first step on February 8th. We have connect groups. If you have your worship handout, those start today. If you have your worship handout and you flip it to the middle, middle page it says connect groups, right here, right in the middle. We have Sunday, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Those connect groups uh, for the youth, Meet at Colton and Christina's. Um, I teach one here on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. There's child care. Sometimes that's, sometimes that's a big issue. Some say, well, I don't have anybody to watch my kids. Listen, at Connection, we want to provide an opportunity for everyone to grow in their faith. We want you to plug in. We want you to find a socket that's your size and plug in and give to Connection. Give to God what you have to give. In the lobby. On the west wall, there's some colored pieces of paper. There's some books with price tags. 
Some of you are thinking, what in the world? One of the freshest starts I've ever, I have, I have ever gotten in my entire life did not start on January 1 or even close. Those books and that information has to deal with a ministry here at Connection called Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is biblically based step program that we meet on Friday nights here. And we explore God's word, we share with each other, and we allow God to transform our lives. Transform. If you don't think that that's real. See, a lot of times time people say, oh, I don't want to believe the Bible because I wasn't there, I wasn't there. We've talked about this several times. When, somebody, when you deal with someone and you want, to, you, want to, you want to tell them about God, the one thing that they cannot argue about is how you've changed. And if you'd like to understand how CR has made a difference in my life, come and talk to me. And after you talk to me, I can guarantee you that God has changed my life through that program. It's on Friday nights. But I don't have any problems. I don't have anything going wrong. How about this? CR is for everybody. Guilt, grief, shame, addictions to drugs, alcohol, food, feelings of loneliness, anger, codependency, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on, and we do not have enough time. Here's the deal. If we want to get really real with ourselves, really real with God, we could come to CR and learn how to plug ourselves in and allow God's Word to change our life. That's available. Over the next five weeks, that table's going to be out there. There's going to be CR team members out there. I'm not going to tell you who comes to CR because they can't. It's confidential. You can go talk to some of our team members that are out there. You can learn some new stuff about it. But here's the big deal. And this is how we get stuck. But some of us won't take the steps to get involved in CR, in a connect group, or in anything. We just want to stay where we are. We want to stay on the perimeter. Because it's not convenient, and we just don't have time. And then later on, June, July, August, we get really upset with God because God hasn't changed our life. When we haven't taken the first steps to plug in, and then we get to June and July and we say, God, where are you at? And he says, I'm here back at the start, man. You haven't even started. Plug in. Connection is a place where people's lives are being transformed by God. I can't... If you don't get excited about lives can be transformed by the Word of God, then you need to do this and check your pulse and make sure your heart is beating because let me me tell you something. There's not a lot of hope outside this door. The hope that we get to celebrate this morning in God and that He can give us a fresh start and that we can plug in, that is exciting. I believe that these sermons in the next five weeks, if you listen to me, I think they can change your life. Why? Because I wrote them? No. You can hear a better sermon somewhere. Here's why I think they can change your life. Because I'm going to be using the Bible. God's Word in the book of John, is going to come alive to some of you for the very first time. And I'm excited that I get to stand here and watch. Because it's going to happen. Because, see, we're going to talk about it today, but when, whenever God shines His light, the truth, when you hear truth, truth can impact you, truth can change you. I think that these next sermons can change your life. We're going to be studying a familiar character. Anybody ever watched the Bible series? This, this, this part's in it. The Bible series that was on the History Channel. History Channel. This guy was in it. If you've seen your worship handout already and, you, and, you've, and you've cheated a little bit, you, you know who that is because I wrote his name in there. It's Nicodemus. Now we ought to think, man, Nick, Nicodemus, he gets a bad rap, doesn't he? Nicodemus gets a bad rap. And if you've ever heard his name mentioned in, in Sunday school or Connect Group or, or in a church service, where sometimes Nicodemus gets a bad rap because why? Because he goes to Jesus when? At night. See, Nickelodeon wasn't the first one that did Nick at night. It was in the Bible. <laughs> Nick at night can't, he, Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. Now why? We're going to get into that. Nicodemus was considered to be a good man by a lot of people. Why? Because he was a religious teacher. Okay? Before we get into the scripture, I want to ask God 
to open up our ears and open up our hearts this morning. If you would, just bow with me. God, we thank you for today. I thank you for this, this unbelievable, awesome encounter that Nicodemus has with Jesus as is recorded in John. And God, I ask. Too many times, God, we start New Year's resolutions and they fail because we try on our own. God, this year may it be different. This year may we encounter you so that you can change us. Open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our eyes so that we can see, maybe for the first time, the truth. In your name we pray. Amen. But if you've grown up in Sunday school or in church and you've heard the name Nicodemus, that's, you know, not a lot of people name their kids Nicodemus, so if you hear Nicodemus, it's kind of, okay, unique. Nicodemus gets a bad rap because he comes to Jesus at night and they said, oh, he's too scared to go during the daytime. We're going to take a little bit different path today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in John chapter 3. The words and the scripture are going to be on the screen. But I can tell you, if you bring your Bible, there's going to be some things that you can underline. Maybe when you read it again, you say, oh man, I remember, I remember that. So in John chapter 3, verse 1 on the screen, here we go. There was a man named Nicodemus. Now this is why he was considered a good man. Your sermon, your worship handout says a good, I'm a good person. Now listen, this guy has, this guy has, he has the credentials. He says, hey, I'm a good person. Why? It says, I'm a Jewish religious leader who is a Pharisee. Now, Pharisees also get a bad rap. Listen, before Jesus came, these are the people that taught the Old Testament. They taught it. They knew it. They understood it. They were considered by many to be good people. No, verse 2. After dark, one evening. See? Nick at night. After dark, one evening. He came to speak with Jesus. Watch what he says. Let me tell you, this. Nicodemus should not get the bad rap because look what he calls Jesus. He says, Rabbi. The only way and only reason you use that is to refer to somebody as a teacher or a person of authority. Nicodemus knew it. See, he gets the bad rap, doesn't he? Oh, he's just coming tonight because he's scared. No. He comes to Jesus and he says, Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Nicodemus' credentials were up here. Okay, this is what he was. He was a Pharisee. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was basically like a giant, big group of judges. He he can he, he helped control what went on. He had all the right titles. But I think Nicodemus. The path that I'm, the path that I'm going to take today is this. Nicodemus was a very very intelligent man, not because he was a Pharisee. Not because he was on the Sanhedrin, because he came to the right person. See, he knew it. He knew that Jesus was a teacher. So he calls him rabbi. That's not a name that was just thrown around. Nicodemus was a wise, educated person, yet he came to ask Jesus about questions that mattered. See, Jesus was coming on this earth. Jesus was, was boom. He was doing his ministry on earth. And it went against everything, a lot of things that they had been teaching. Everything that Nicodemus had been preaching and teaching had been pointing towards Jesus Christ. And this guy was here. And Jesus came, literally, he said this, literally, through his life, through his actions, through his loving, he said, I'm here to give you a new start. You want to be able to give more? Trust me more. You want to be able to love more? Love me more. I can love you more. See, God is here today and He's saying, just like Nicodemus, He said, people, if you will come to me and ask the right question, I'm here to give you the truth. And I'm here to set you free. And Jesus is walking this earth wanting to set people free. Yet he, Nicodemus was like, man, I've done this same thing for so long. What if I change? We don't like that word even today. This is 2,000 years ago. Change. No matter how much you know or how experienced, there is always room to grow. When we do not know the right answer. See, I think Nicodemus was extremely curious. Obviously. He took a chance even going to Jesus. Can you imagine this? A member of the Sanhedrin going to Jesus. 
Where were you last night? Uh, I was talking to Jesus. Why? Wise people sought him. I find it very, very, very cool. And forgive me for using the word cool, but I find it very cool that we talk about Nicodemus coming at night and Jesus being a light to shine on the truth. He's going to shine. If you have your worship hand out with me, there's going to be some blanks in the middle that you guys can fill in. The first one is this one. We've all seen our share of dark times, our fair share of dark times in our lifetime. When we seek Jesus, He sheds light on those circumstances. Just like Nicodemus, you and I have walked through this life through some times that we think, oh, it cannot get any worse than this. I have to deal with so-and-so at work. I have to deal with my boss at work. I have to deal with my kids. They won't listen. Blah, 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 blah. I'm depressed. I lost a loved one. I've gone through a divorce. Dark times happen. Dark times are a result of sin. You can't get out of the result of sin. Welcome to life on earth. There's going to be dark times. Every one of us. But at the very end, he says he sheds light on circumstances. The easiest way that I could show you how Jesus and and the Scripture sheds light on my life is this. Sometimes there are times in my life that things do not go my way. It seems like everything is against me. And life seems pretty dark. And there's not a lot of hope. Have we been there? Will you be honest enough in your head, without nodding, without raising your hand, will you be honest enough to say you've taken that journey with me? It doesn't seem like anything goes my way. Everything I try to do, everything's against me. Nothing will go right. My finances are not going right. My marriage isn't going right. My kids and my relationship are not going right. There's dark times that happen. And when I feel and I find that I'm in those times and it is not the most convenient time to connect with a connect group and it's not the, the, the ideal time to go meet with someone and mentor them and it's not the ideal time to come to band practice. It's not ideal time to go to CR. This is, see, I'm standing in front of you saying that they're not ideal times for me. I hope you, I hope you're, you, can, you can understand that. They're not ideal times for you. See, it's when you're sitting in your recliner and you just want to go to sleep and the phone rings and you want to do that for that someone. You have, God says this. Watch. It is in those times when I need to go to Connect Group, I need to go to CR. So why? So that God's light can shine on my circumstances. See, when I walk into to a, to a Connect Group or something like that and I think, man, there is no hope and all of God's Word says, I am your hope. You can trust me. See, sometimes I need to hear Matt, you can trust me. You need to hear that? Matt, you can trust me. I know. I know. I just needed to hear that. I needed to see that. I needed to shake that person's hand. I need to hug that person's neck. I need to sit beside them in connect group. I need to be around them. I need to serve them a glass of tea. We need that. Look at verse 3 on the screen or in your Bible. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You stop. Have you ever read in Scripture where Jesus says, I'm going to tell you a lie? Now we walk out this door and people will say, hey, let me tell you what I want you to hear. Oftentimes I read Scripture, and when I read Scripture, what Jesus said is not what I want to hear. How, how can you put that in? This person does this against me. What does God's Word say? You need to forgive him. Oh, no. This is not what I signed up for. See, God's Word is truth. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. He's talking to Nicodemus here, and he says something that just blows his mind. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What if you've never heard that term? Maybe you're here and you never heard that term. Somebody walks up to you, unless you're born again, you'll not go to heaven. Nicodemus is straight up confused. What? I came asking questions. I came... Asking for truth, and all your t- you said you're telling the truth. How can this be possible? We've tried working things out ourselves, it doesn't work. We have to rely on Jesus' truth. Look at your worship handout again, real fast. Look at the next blank. If you want to see a new beginning in your life, Jesus is the answer. 
Now that seems kind of that seems kind of cookie cutter, doesn't it? We say, if you want a new beginning in your life, Jesus is the answer. Man, Matt, where'd you pull that out of? You know, cookie cookie cutter that one. Let me tell you something. This is far more deep, deeper than you think it is. If you want a new beginning in your life, how about this? You want a new attitude when you wake up? Wake up and deal and dwell on something that's of truth, not of what you want. I have a friend of mine. He's a, he's a pastor uh, in north, north central Illinois. And he, he has this, this, not a ritual, uh, an order of doing things in the morning when he wakes up. And my friend, I, I, we have a lot of them. Based on the number of pots of coffee we drink, there are a lot of people in this church that love coffee. But I would put this guy up against anybody. He drinks coffee if it's 95 degrees. I can't do that. He drinks coffee if it's 95 below zero. I mean, I don't know if he's ever been 95 degrees below zero, but he drinks it all the time. We'll go out to eat at a steakhouse. I want coffee. What? How about tea? Nope, coffee. Okay. But he loves coffee. He says one of the coolest things I, I like about going to sleep is realizing that when I wake up, there's coffee that's going to be ready because I said it the night before. But he made this promise to God. He said, God, I love coffee. I love it. He said, but when I get up in the morning, before I drink a sip of coffee, I'm going to concentrate on your word because you're more important than anything on this world. Now, you may think that that's crazy. Oh, it's just coffee. Think about that. Before you do anything, you concentrate on God's word. See, if you want a new beginning, my buddy said, I understand what a new beginning is and I want a new beginning every day. It doesn't have to be January 4th or January 1. I want a new beginning every day. That's the cool thing about our God. He says, I can give you a, I can give you a fresh start at 3.30 in the afternoon, at 2.30 in the morning. Just come to me. Come to me. Did you ever wish that you could start over a situation in life? You ever, you ever wish that you had, you know that easy button on TV? Hit it, reset, reset. That was easy. We want that reset button. We wish that we could have it around our pocket and say, you know what, I entered this relationship in a, in a bad way. Probably should hit reset, start it over. We have those things, we have those times. I talked to a, Talked to a person this morning. It's just awesome how God God works. And I and I and I said I said some things to her, and she said, "The God that we serve is just beyond anything that I can understand." I said, "Yeah." I said, "He intimately cares for you in ways that we can't comprehend." You know what? God's the only person that I know of that would give me a new beginning whenever I ask for it. You have those people in your life? You don't dare ask for a new beginning because you probably won't get it. Because maybe you did something wrong or they did something wrong. Maybe you're held up by an addiction. If you want to see a new beginning in your life, Jesus is the answer. Oftentimes when we, when we see January 1st, we think, the YMCA is going to be more full today than it's going to be in June. I've got to lose weight. I've got to do this. I've got to eat right. I've got to drink more water. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. But sometimes, some people, the, the thing in your life is not going to a gym and it's not weight. Sometimes the things in our life are addictions. I want to get really real with you real, real quick. If you want to see a new beginning in your life because there's a, an addiction holding you down, I want to tell you something right now. I don't care how big the chain is of addiction that you have in your life. I do not care if you've had it for a week or 25 years. The God that I serve, the God that connection honors and glorifies with song and word, and we study His word, can take that addiction, I don't care how big that chain is, and He can just shake it and break it and throw it away. That's the God that I serve. See, some, some, some of you are thinking, well, that's, that's too good to be true. We've got cookie cutter answers all day. If you don't think that's possible, I want you to come talk to me after church.
Oh, Matt, you're a pastor. You can't possibly have problems. I'm human. Addictions have plagued my life. And I can tell you because of CR, because of Celebrate Recovery at our church, I no longer have to be imprisoned by my stuff. How awesome is that? Some of you are thinking, holy cow, for 10 years I've wanted to be free of some of this stuff. I can tell you that standing in front of you today is far easier than standing in front of you seven years ago. Some of you only knew me as a, as a young kid that played guitar and he led worship at church. You don't understand the dark. You don't understand the loneliness. You don't understand depression. You don't understand the things. Some of you have walked down the same path. I'm telling you right now, if you want a new beginning, Jesus Christ is the answer because when Jesus Christ went to the cross and He bled blood for you and me, and He was raised from the dead on the third day by God the Father in heaven, He said you don't have to be bound by chains. I'm going to get a little excited maybe. Look at the next verse. Look at John 3, 4. Nicodemus is just blown away. He says, he says, what do you mean? Jesus is talking about being born again. He goes, what do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? You know, this is what one thing that we do pretty badly as humans. We take things extremely literally. Don't we? I mean, just Nicodemus just proves it. He says, how can an old man, how can a person that's grown up possibly go back into his mother's belly and be born again? We all know that can happen. Watch how Jesus explains this to Nicodemus. Look at verse 5. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of heaven without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Verse 8, the wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. You can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. This is what Jesus was telling him. He's explaining salvation. That's what, that's what it was. Nicodemus would have no clue about salvation. He would not understand, understand that the New Testament meaning of salvation at this point. So Jesus explained, it's like something that you can't see. If you're a Billy Graham fan, Billy Graham was quoted to say this. He was asked one time in an interview, he says, how can you tell me with a matter of fact that Jesus Christ is real? Billy Graham, being a very educated man, answered this way. Well, I've never met Jesus personally, never shook his hand, but I believe he's real. And he said, how can you justify that? He asked him this question, have you ever seen the wind? Oh, we see the effects of the wind, but have you ever seen the wind? And the interview person, well... You know, it gets dusty. He said, no, 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 no. What you're seeing is the dust in the wind. You can't see the wind. So he says, this is what it's like when, when the Holy Spirit, we can't get in front of you and tell you exactly what it means when Jesus Christ comes into your life and we're born of the Spirit. This is what Jesus wants him to say. Nicodemus, everything that you've been teaching points directly to me. I'm the one that breaks the chains. I'm the one that's going to be raised from the dead. I'm him. I'm the Messiah, Nicodemus. You have to listen to me. The only answer, the only cure, the only anything from now on is me. That's what he's telling him. He's speaking truth. Born again is a churchy way to say, have a relationship with God. How do we do that? We talk about a new concept to Nicodemus and the entire Jewish nation. When Jesus talks about the wind, he's talking about how we cannot understand how the Holy Spirit works. And I know that you, you think, man, man, you're the preacher, you should know how this works. As soon as you explain it to me, I'll explain it to these people. See, it's, it's so deep. We have a book from seminary class that's like 1,300 pages long. The only thing it talks about the Holy Spirit. Talk about deep. Okay? And these men try, try to explain and most of the time we see effects of, effects of, effects of. He goes on in verse 9. So Nicodemus has been explained to. Jesus says, Nicodemus, listen, I am the only way. You have to have a relationship with me. This is how you're going to see. You must be born again. Nicodemus says this, how are these things possible? Possible. 
If I, if, I, if I could make one quote after, and it's not recorded in your Bible, and I don't know that he said it, but if I could make one quote after Nicodemus said this, he says, he listens to Jesus says, how are these things possible? I think that he probably said this. I don't get this. You know, some of us weren't really good at math. I'll, I'll include myself. The teacher can explain it. I don't get this. That's what Jesus was doing. He was explaining this, and it was a brand new concept for Nicodemus. Look at verse 10. Jesus replied, you're a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. He gets sharp with him. He said, Nicodemus, do you not understand that your whole life, and whenever you became a religious teacher of the law, that you have been talking about me, and I'm standing right in front of you, and you still don't get it? Oh, it's easy to look at Nicodemus here and say, oh, man, dude, you're dumb. You don't get it. How many times have we stood in life like this, and God is saying, you have followed me so long, yet you don't want to trust me right now. We were standing in the same shoes as he is. We say, oh, yeah, this can't possibly, this can't possibly be right. Verse 11, he says, I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, yet you won't believe our, te- our testimony. Nicodemus would have known every single inch and part of the Old Testament. You have to remember, this is before the written word. These guys memorized, not verses. See, we have trouble sometimes mentoring. We say, oh man, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to memorize chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. When these guys memorized books, books to pass it on, he would have known the information in the Old Testament. He would have known that Jesus, what he was speaking, was right. But Nicodemus had to think, hey, you know what? Me being a good guy, me having the right job. From what Jesus said, this one's not going to get me anywhere. See, we're here. See, we want this new start, but we think, God, if you can just get me this new thing, and then we'll go. If you can just give me this new house, we, then, we, then, we can, then I'll serve you, then go where you want. See, we have to understand that you need to have a relationship with Jesus that's based on you trusting Him. We can't get a new start on our, on our, on our, on our new year, on our new self, on our own. It doesn't happen. How can you say that with confidence? I've tried. You've tried. It doesn't work. There's a reason that Celebrate Recovery is even in existence because here's the deal. If you could get over your addictions by yourself, you would have done it. You would have done it. Look at verse 12. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe me if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. He touches on something here that is only unique of him. Nicodemus, he says, listen to me. If you can't understand the things I'm going to tell you about this earth, we can't even get into the concepts of heaven. It's way too deep for you. You can't get it. You can't possibly understand it. So this is what God did. God loves you so much today. And in Nicodemus' day, it was this. God loves you so much that God sent me down here, Nicodemus. I'm standing. Can you imagine Jesus? I'm standing right here, dude. I'm the visible form of the invisible God. And I came to bring freedom to you. You can get a restart, Nicodemus, with me. Connect groups are studying this month, just the month of January. Listen to this. Does life have meaning without God? That starts today. I connect group this week. Does life have meaning without God? Let me tell you something. You want to dig into some of this? You may think, man, Matt, some of this is just out there. You come and dig into stuff like this. Does that question not get your attention? Does life have meaning without God? How about the next one? You come next week, it talks about this. Is God good? How can God let, how can God let earthquakes and tsunamis and all this happen and it still be good? Is God good? Third week of this month will get your attention. Why do we suffer? 
Why do we have to go through times of darkness? See, Nicodemus says, Nicodemus is having an encounter with the visible form, the visible image, the visible body, the, the I can touch, hold, smell. He could smell what Jesus smelled like. He was right beside him. And Jesus comes to him and says, Nicodemus, if you want a fresh start, I'm the way and that's it. You've taught about me. You've learned about me. You've memorized things about me in the Old Testament. It points straight to me. No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down. Nicodemus, I'm standing right here. Some of us have these questions that just burn inside us. Instead of letting them burn inside you, go to a connect group. Ask the questions there. If people don't know there, this is what they'll say. I don't know. Let me get back to you on that. See, it's relationship with other people and building, building relationships with people so we can walk through life together. That's something that we don't do very well. We need to walk together. We need to walk with people, beside people. Look at verse 14. And as Moses, see here, whoa, time out. He might as well said this in the 1990s. He might as well said this. And as Michael Jordan. In the early 1900s, he might as well said, and Babe Ruth. This guy, Moses, is like Superman to them people. Moses was the man. Moses, Moses was a legend. He was, why? Because they're still practicing the Mosaic law. Mosaic, Moses, Moses. He, yeah, that's him. Same dude. He might as well have said Michael Jordan or Babe Ruth. Moses is a big deal. So he associates with Moses. Why? Because Nicodemus can associate with Moses. He understands. He says, you remember, you remember that story? You're going to go on. He goes, you remember that story? Look at verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man may be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. Now, if you're, none from, if you're unfamiliar with the Old Testament story, Moses had a bronze snake on a pole. And there were, there were snakes everywhere, and if they got bit, they could look at the snake and they could be healed. Just, all, that, all that played into this. If the people would trust God, God would protect them. That's all it, that's all it went into. When we talk about snakes, when we talk about if the people would trust God, God would protect them. He would heal them. Just like the bronze snake up on a pole. See, he connects with somebody. This is the cool thing. Connect groups, you can connect with people that think like you. They can get your attention. They can, they can challenge you. Just like Nicodemus and Jesus, and he says, he says, okay, Nicodemus, you're not going to understand anything I'm saying. You remember Moses? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Moses. You remember when he held the bronze snake up on the pole? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to do the same thing with me. Can you imagine how hard it was for Jesus to talk about this? Without him doing it, we'd have no fresh starts, no new beginnings. And he says, you remember when they raised the snake up on the pole in the wilderness? They're going to do the same thing to me, only I'm going to be up on a cross, Nicodemus. You can imagine. Not recorded in Scripture, but he probably looked at him and said, Nicodemus, I love you so much. Whenever I'm up there, I'm going to be thinking about you. And every sin that you've ever done can be paid for. 15, so that everyone who believes will have eternal life. In the Old Testament, they could look and they could trust God. He could forgive them. In verse 15, Jesus is talking about himself. He says, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. Look at your worship handout. Jesus explained to Nicodemus that He was the Messiah. This is, the, this is a big word in Jewish culture. The Messiah was the coming of God's Son. He was the one sent to die to allow all people the chance to have a new beginning in their life. I ask you again. If you could have a new beginning or push reset, would you do it? It's hard because, man, man, I want to push that button so hard, but I know it's not convenient. I know it's going to take work. It's tough. 
I love, 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 love how Jesus takes this story to the next level. You all know this verse. Look at the next one. For, God, for this is how God loved the world. I didn't memorize it in New Living Translation. For this is how God loved the world. You can preach for a year on the next two words. He gave. He gave. You didn't buy it. You can't earn it. He gave it to you. It's given. See, now we have no excuse. Matt, I don't have a reset button. Yeah, you do. You were given a reset button. You were given hope. You were given, you were given the power to trust in someone that can take the chains and addictions of this life and he can just shatter them. I'm telling you. Come and talk to me. I would love to tell you what God has done in my life. But for God loved the world, He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. He's explaining again to Nicodemus. He says, listen, just like Moses held up the bronze snake, you, know, you, know, you realize, you remember, they had to trust God. You're going to have to believe in me to have a new reset and a new beginning, Nicodemus. Everybody here, the law is going to go away. I'm going to be it. I'm going to be the only way. That's it. You can't memorize enough. You can't do enough. You can't teach enough. You can't go to church enough. I'm it, Nicodemus. Because I'm the only one that God has given. Number 17. Verse 17. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. We get this mixed up. We get it way backwards. We think, God, why do you keep talking to me about this? We walk away. God, the only thing you do is tell me when I do something wrong. Don't you? Don't I? The only thing that we talk to God about sometimes is, God, you just came. The only thing you're, the only thing you're doing is just tell me what I'm doing wrong. How wrong can we get? I talked about it last, mo- last week, last month, last year. We struggle with a word in this culture and it's called entitlement and it's dangerous. We have it all mixed up. We think, God, what can you do for me? When it, that's what entitlement says. Entitlement is not having a relationship with God and not, God, what can you do for me? It's, God, how can I use my life? How can I use my talents? How can I use anything that you've given me? And if I can be content, how can I serve you? Not you serve me. But God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save it. Reset button. We have it. We need to put God in a priority position. You ever ever had to fill one of those things out? And they put really, really tough ones together. They put like job, family, church, God, read your Bible. And you have to put them in order. Have you ever had to do this? And you know how you want to put it. Because the way, the way that you actually live it and the way that you want to put it, you know, you can, you can do the Sunday school answers. Listen, you can, you can do the top five Sunday school answers. Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, read your Bible and pray. It's right. It's cookie cutter. And, and we, think, we think, God, I want, I, I, want, I want to be able to fill this out right for you. I want to say that you're number one. I want, I want to. I just don't know how. That's where he says, I want you to connect. I want you to get it with people. But believing what that verse states, that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, to get that verse, you have to prioritize Christ coming into your life. That has to be it. That's it. Connection, we're not going to water that down. God sent His Son to this earth. He was brutally beaten. He was put on a tree. He was killed. And God raised Him three days later. End of story. Done. Actually, it's not the end of the story. It's just the beginning. But that, when that happened, when Jesus walked out of that tomb and He was raised back from the dead, we have the opportunity to have a reset. You have Now, some of you are sitting there going, there's no way that God can love me. You say this. Some of us have been told a lie our whole life. We aren't good enough. I might say some things that, up, that upset you. Maybe they, maybe they bring back some memories. Maybe you've been told you weren't good enough. Maybe you've been told that you don't matter a lot. 
that you were insignificant, that you could never do anything right. At this point, we need to be like Nicodemus was in the very first part of this chapter when he went to the truth to get his answers. You don't need to listen to this world. Sometimes you don't need to listen to your family if they're not speaking truth. If, you, if you've been told that you're insignificant, I want to tell you something. You're not. At this church, you're not, you're not defined by your past. Otherwise, I couldn't be standing here. You're not defined on where you come from, how much money you make, or what you did yesterday. We believe in a God of new beginnings. He says, I'm going to give you a fresh start. What a better time. What a better time than right now. Because this is what God says. No, you couldn't be good enough. That's why I sent my son. But God, I've let you down. It's okay. You were never holding me up. God says, you matter enough for me to send my son for you. God knows every hair on your head. You are significant to him. If this morning you need to hear that you're significant and that you matter, here you go. God said that you're significant enough that he sent his son. Not that somebody would shake your hand or give you a hug. God says, I'm going to give you the life and the blood of my son. I love you all very much. And I would like to fill in priority number one, that I would, I would allow one of my children to die for you. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a human and I'm a dad. And that's going to be difficult. Because I love you, but they're my own. The beauty of the gospel is this. People think, man, I can't wait to get my life all together so that I can take it to God so I can have a relationship with Him. See, that's, that's a lie. That's not true. This is the beauty of the gospel. The beauty of the gospel is this. God says, you, whoever you are, Matt, He says, I want you to bring me all the pieces of your life. I want you to bring me all the depression. I want you to bring me all the stuff all the hindrance, all the sin, I want you to bring that to me and I'm going to put you all back together. Because that's the beauty of grace and the beauty of Jesus. Getting a new beginning, He says, I'm going to make you new. I'm going to put you into a new place. Look at verse 18 as it goes on. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. Talking about Jesus. But anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. If you want truth and no cutting the corners, Jesus puts it pretty plain. John 14, 6, he even puts it plainer than this. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. But he says right here in verse 18, anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged. That's a pretty, that's a pretty healthy dose of truth. See, we think, if I could get a new truck, I could get a new car. That's how we get reset. You're either for me or against me. There's no middle ground here. Look at verse 19. And the judgment is based on this fact that God's light came into the world. Who's that? Jesus. God's light came into the world, the visible form. But people love the darkness more than light. For their actions were evil. Oh my, 2,000 years ago. We think, we think that we have new problems, don't we? Man, I, we, what, what, what do we wish we had? We wish we, were in the, we lived in the good old days. What they talk about in the good old days? The good old days. And we think, we think, man, it was so much better. Life was so much simpler. We look back 2,000 years and it says, God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than light. It happens today. People love the darkness. Why do they love the darkness? Sometimes they don't even know it's darkness. Darkness is anything that's not of God. People love the darkness more than the light. Why? Because it's more convenient. Less invasive. Path of least resistance. Animal, animals are like this. You mow a path through the woods, and you've just logged the woods, and there's limbs everywhere, and you mow a path straight through it, I'll give you one guess where the deer are going to walk. The path that's mowed. Why? Because they're animals, they're animals, they follow that. Least resistance. See, that's what we like to go through. Sometimes God says, we're going to talk about why do we suffer in the connect group. 
Why does God make me climb over all these limbs going through this woods? Why can't I walk on the easy path? And a lot of times, I'm not going to give you a spoiler, but a lot of times, God says, when you climb over these limbs, you're going to build muscles that I need you to use later. I'm training you. I'm training you. He goes on in verse 20. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. That's the scary part. Now, all who do evil, man, those are bad people. Listen, you're sitting in a room full of them. Everyone, that's what he's talking about. All who do evil hate the light. Now, hate the light, not all of us know. But we have a tendency to not like to get near the light because the light equals truth, what Jesus says, what the Bible says. And when that light is shined on us, it's like this giant x-ray machine. He sees it all. I can't go through this. We refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. We do not like change. We do not like to have things exposed. Regular church attendance, mentoring, connect groups, CR. Can be dangerous to this point. Not dangerous, scary. But when God sometimes resets your life, sometimes there's some big changes. Talk to me about it. I can talk to you. I can, I can tell you how I act differently, what I do differently. Is it fun? Let me ask you this. Was it fun when you got in trouble with your parents? Was it fun when you got grounded? Well, was it fun whenever I was 16 and I got in trouble and my dad said, give me your keys? No, it wasn't fun. Did I learn from it? Yeah, I often didn't break the same rule again. We're not going to talk about your childhood, but I often broke it once because I knew the consequences. In verse 21, it says this. But those who do what is right, come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. See, sometimes people don't want to come. In verse 20, they don't want to come because, you know what, I just don't have time for you, God. And some of you are saying, Matt, don't put words into my mouth. I'm telling you. I'm telling you this is what you're saying because I've said it. God, I don't have time for you. He goes, I just wish you'd just trust me. Just trust me. But God, I don't have time. He goes, no, you don't trust me, Matt. I, God, this is not convenient. You don't trust me. See, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring you somewhere. But verse 21, But those who do what is right come to the light so that others can see what they are doing, what God wants. This is the absolute 100% purpose of a group called CR. Go to CR. Find out that there's healing in God's Word. There's healing in that, that experience. Well, the number one thing that you do with CR is you teach others how you can get past it. Well, that never works, really. Because I can tell you this. I can tell you that me <laughs> and this woman right here know what it's like to lose a baby. And the depression that comes with that and the anger that comes with that and all of the other emotions that come with that. And what we did is we said, God, we want to go to the light so that others can see what you're doing in our life and watch this. Holy cow. Sometimes we pray for things and then when God says, oh, here's this, we get surprised. We get surprised when God answers our prayers, don't we? And there's been people in our life that have called us, talked to us, sat down next to us, people in this church. And we can explain immediately how they feel, what they feel like, what they're going through. This is how and what got us past it. It's not loneliness. It's not this. And will you watch this? There's been times where I've, where I've heard my wife speak into these people's lives. She says, it doesn't seem like it, but you're going to get over this. And when you do, pray a really, really brave prayer that God will bring somebody into your life that you can talk to them about this because that's what we do. This is what God says to do. He says, be available. Nicodemus, I want you to be available. I want you to understand that when you come to me, I'm going to shine that x-ray on you. You're going to find out what's wrong, and I want you to ask me to forgive you. One side of the fence or the other, God says there's no straddling. Look at your final thing in your worship handout. And I put, it, I put this last because some of you, 
like to, like, to, like to do that and then you shut your Bible. I'm a teacher. I can't do that. You have to keep it out. Not choosing is choosing. What do you choose? Not choosing is choosing. What do you choose? In a second, I'm going to give you an opportunity to choose. John 14, 6, Jesus in red letters in the book of John says this, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. There is no way else you can get to my Father or the kingdom of heaven except through me. It's here or it's here and there's no in the middle. Some, some of you may, may, may think, man, man, I want to reset. I want a new start. I want to stop doing this thing that has control on my life. I want to become better. I want to read my Bible more. I want to be closer with God. One of my resolutions in 2015 is often what it is in years previous. But I don't want to go backwards in my faith. I want to keep accelerating until I die. I want to keep getting closer and closer and closer. So that one day when I do die, the high five just not that far. And comes, hey, I want to get closer. I want to understand God more. I want to know how to, to help people more. If you're a person that thinks, I've been told I wasn't good enough, I don't matter, I'm not significant, and I can't do anything right. If you understand the pain that those questions and those statements have, I want you to understand this. You are good enough, you are significant enough, and God in heaven sent His Son out here to die for you. And you can have a new start. And if you desire to talk about that really intently with me, you come see me after church. We'll talk about it. I'm going to close this a little bit differently. We did this about a month ago, and I think it's very vitally important. We got a New Year's, the first sermon of the year. January 4th. Many of us in here have made resolutions. Just by averages and percentages, some of them will not last. I want to pray for you. On your spiritual ones. In a minute, I'm going to have everybody's everybody's head's going to be bad. I'm just going to I'm just going to ask you to lift up your hand. I'm just going to and God can see. Okay, there's nothing magic here. God can see your hand. He can see your heart. I'm just going to ask special prayer for you. you say, man, man, I want to I want to become closer to God this year. I want to give more. I want to be more involved in something that connections got going on. If I can help with the 4:30 service. If I can help with first impressions. If I can help with the band. You can help with sound. If you can help with any of those things, go talk to the leaders. Dean and Kathy Taylor, Josh Moyer, Jack Bain. Me, come talk to me. After I pray, we're going to be dismissed. If you would just bow your head. I'm going to ask those people that may say this. You're not praying this to me. You may say this, God, I want a new start. God, things are not going exactly how I th- think they should. And I know that they're not going exactly how I th- you think they should. And I need that new start. God, I need a new beginning. I want to break free of these chains. I'll tell you something. God has the power. If that's you this morning, I just want to pray for you. If you're there, just lift up your hand real, real low, real low so I can see. Okay, thank you. See hands everywhere. That's good. You know, and I know. God knows. Let's pray. God, give you the honor and the glory and the power. God, you're worthy. And you sit alone at the top of the heap. You sit in a throne that's elevated above heaven, which is a place of perfection. God, you are the utmost to us. And we ask God this morning, very, very precious, precious request. Some of us have been hurting for a long time with addiction. Some of us have been hurting a long time with family matters or or things like that. God, we ask that you would just come in to these people's lives, to my life. God, to show us how we can give more, how we can serve more, how we can do more with what You've given us. Take our priorities and take them down and move Yours up. God, change us. 
Allow us to get involved with ministries that we need. Allow us to get involved with things that we need to push that reset button. Here's to new beginnings, God. And here's for you to help us break free of those chains. Thank you, God, for these people, for this church. But above all of that, I thank you for the blood that your son spilled on a cross for me, knowing what kind of person I would be. You love me that much, and you love these people that much. It doesn't matter where we've been. God, we're excited about where we're going. In your name we pray. Amen.